So we did a $22 million round with Susquehanna Growth Equity uh, this past fall. We, okay. we didn't put a full $22 million on the cap table. We did some cap table cleanup, liquidity event, things like that for some of the prior investors, but big equity partner. And we're very excited about uh, what they mean for the business. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello everyone, my guest today is Matt Wyrick. He's the co-founder and CEO of Real Link. Having founded the company over nine years ago, Matt's on a mission to make multifamily touring, leasing, and communication real and transparent. With their video leasing solution, the company has helped teams all across the United States increase their lead-to-lease conversion rates and decrease sales cycles. The company has partnered with many of the nation's largest property owners and managers and is actively being used in over 220,000 units Today, the company's multifamily leading virtual leasing and resident engagement platform enables live video tours, live virtual open houses, and do-it-yourself pre-recorded videos of properties. Matt, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Excited to be here, Nathan. This sounds like something a frustrated realtor who took some Python classes in college would build. Is that the case? Not quite, no. Um, so I, I actually don't have a formal background in real estate or anything like that. It was uh, more of the consumer pain point that drove me to to start the business. I was moving from Purdue University up to Chicago, about a two to three hour drive, not terribly far, but it was that real estate search process back in uh, 2011 that really opened my eyes to how inefficient the real estate search process was. And uh, that that May 2011 was actually when FaceTime came out and was just a light bulb moment of putting different things together about what could have been done to streamline that search process for me. And so, yeah, it was a a perfect storm of different circumstances coming together and uh, um, led to an opportunity that here we are 10 years later, uh, working on the B2B SaaS side of it instead of the consumer side of it, and uh, hopefully making a big difference to the industry. Who, who is the business paying? Is it the agent? Is it somebody else? The brokerage? Yeah, so we're actually multifamily focused. So we were, we're working with large multifamily owners, managers, and developers of apartment communities, student living, senior living, even military installations and things like that. And so um, it's the the on-site teams, the property management teams, the leasing teams that are using our platform today. And they're using it to streamline the touring experience in that lead to lease part of the funnel to connect with prospects and consumers in a, in a more efficient and transparent way. 
And what are these folks typically paying uh, to you, you know, for you to use the platform and how do you upsell? Is it purely based off number of units? Yeah, so we actually are a flat fee per property. A lot of the uh, prop tech companies hitting multifamily are charging on a per unit basis. Uh, it makes it more affordable for smaller properties, but significantly more expensive for the larger properties. And a lot of our clients are those larger 250 unit and larger buildings. And so um, to make it an efficient, easy to implement platform for them, we just charge a flat monthly fee per property. And there are upsell opportunities, uh, additional functionality that they can pay for, services that they can opt in for and things like that as well. And, and so what is that average price point for property? Yeah, so the average price point for Relink is right around that $325 per month. And that's unlimited live video tours, pre-recorded video tours, cloud storage integrations, all of that. Interesting. So you're not upselling based like number of floors or anything like that. It's really number of units. And, and is there any other utility-based upsell number of seats at the leasing agency or the multifamily owner? So there's uh, functionality internally with being able to download the videos and some different integration points and things like that that we'll upsell it on. Um, Those are like feature-based upsells. Are there any other utility-based upsells like number of X? No. Uh, so we early on when we launched our company, we actually charged based on usage. And what we found very quickly was that the only result that drove was teams trying to minimize their usage. Less usage, yeah. <laughs> and as a SaaS platform, you want to maximize usage and ROI on it. And so we, we got rid of usage-based uh, fees and functionality um, and really did the math to, to make the most sense around what can we do, flat monthly fee, unlimited the usage, um, and really inspire teams to go uh, all out on virtual leasing. Now, you shared with us in the bio that you sent me that you already are across 220,000 units, but roll that up one level. How many clients is that? Yeah, so we're actually pushing 500,000 units now on the platform, which is great. So uh, um, rolling that up on a property level, we're around 1,400 uh, individual properties using okay. the platform between the US and the UK. Uh, and, and is that is that like I imagine one multifamily person paying you on their credit card could manage a hundred properties? I'm trying to get a sense of like the, the, where the I guess where the credit card or who the person or the organization is. Well, I will say first and foremost, I wish they paid us on the credit card. That, <laughs> yeah. is, uh, that is the pain point. A lot of multifamily still physically cuts checks, and oh, wow. a lot of physical checks coming in, but. Um, yeah, when you roll that up to our enterprise clients, we have about 150 enterprise clients. So, I mean, those are not the levels where it's worth your time to have an inside sales organization run a high touch process because they're paying for so many properties and so many units underneath. Exactly. And the great thing about our go to market strategy, we're very much land and expand. So we'll get our foot in the door and launch in three or five properties in a portfolio of 50 and have room to expand within that portfolio and take it from a five property client to a 25 to a 50 property client over time. Well, and potentially much larger, right? I mean, if you have 500,000 units and, and 1,500 properties, I mean, isn't that like 300 or something average units per property? That those are These are huge apartment complexes or something. They are, yeah. Our average average property or our average unit count per property, I think is 280 or something. Yeah, like yes, these are big. These are big, big. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, very cool. Take us back to day one. Uh, so you mentioned your problem in 2011 when the move happened. Did you start coding and building this thing immediately? When did you guys write the first line of code? 
Yeah, definitely didn't. Uh, so I actually, when I was moving to Chicago, I was starting my career as a consultant at Accenture doing management consulting. And I was on the road for three years straight doing consulting. And so I kind of sat on the idea for a minute and uh, couldn't get out of my mind and couldn't get out of my mind because as a consultant on the road every week for three years straight, I saw that pain point iterated time and time again of not physically being able to be at the property to tour it or physically being there, but cramming it all into a weekend and exhausting yourself over a weekend trying to tour properties. And so it was a pain point uh, I saw reiterated time and time again at Accenture. And so finally I was at a work event and one of my then colleagues, my now co-founder, Ani, him and I were talking about what's next, what's life after consulting look like. And he was a part of a startup at Northwestern when he was in college and wanted to do something entrepreneurial. So I pulled the idea out of my back pocket, pitched him on it. And the very next weekend, we were in my apartment whiteboarding, laying the foundation. What year did you guys launch that? So that uh, was 2013 when we first started scoping and specking out and running focus groups and all that. And we brought on a Chief technology officer along with us because neither of us had extensive background. Did you have to give them you have to give them equity or did you just pay them a lot of money? No, equity. Yep. There's really like three of you guys that own the majority of the business. Exactly. And then we uh so we started specking it in 2013 and then we launched our MVP in 2014. 2014. Okay. And then did you get your first customers in 2014? You could call them that. Yeah. <laughs> we had our first people on the platform using it and um, we, we, when we first launched, we were actually focused on the residential for sale side of the industry. So we were partnering with Caldwell Banker, Keller Williams, Century 21 and, um, brokerages like that, working on the for sale side of the industry. But we realized very quickly that was not a B2B go-to-market strategy. Brokerages did not want to pay for technology for their agents. And so we had to sell agent by agent by agent. And it just was not an easy or feasible go-to-market strategy for a startup. And so uh, we got our first multifamily client uh, in 2015. And then in 2016, we really made the decision to go all in multifamily, put the residential for sale side behind us. And go full steam ahead and here we are half a million units later. And so were you guys basically pre-revenue living off savings in both 2013, 2014 until that multifamily client in 2015? Yeah. So we did a friends and family round of funding uh, end of 2013, I believe it was. Uh, we raised 330000 So very small. 130? Uh, 330. Yep. So we, we made that stretch much longer than it should have. And we didn't do a formal seed round of funding until 2016 when we did a 1.1 million seed round. So we we went a long time off of uh, savings and ramen and really bootstrapping the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, the 1.1 million seed that you guys did, did you end up putting on pricing that or do you convertible note saves for the deal? Yep, it was, uh, it was a price round. Oh, you did price it. Interesting. That'd be cool. All right, cool. So, so first customers, you thought were going to come from the Coldwell Bankers of the world. You pivoted in 2015 and said, we're just going to direct to multifamily. How did you land that first multifamily customer? Thankfully, it was a personal network. Uh, early on, when we were seeking that product market fit, um, it was an annoying amount of networking events and meetings and things like that. But um, it was a, uh, there was a lot of attention on the prop tech space in Chicago at that point. We launched our company in Chicago. Um, and uh, there was an accelerator that was starting in the prop tech space. And uh, 
there was a multifamily uh, owner who was interested in partnering from an innovation standpoint. And so we sat down with them, launched in three uh, communities early on to just prove out the value proposition. And I always say product market fit smacked us in the face. The second we launched into those multifamily communities, the usage went up into the right, the ROI, the use cases, value proposition, everything was abundantly more clear than anything we had captured working with. And so what does that mean in terms of 2015, your first real, real, your real year of revenue? Do you remember how much you did? 2015, I want to say we, we did maybe, I think it was like 60 or 70,000 in revenue. Do you remember the feeling? (laughs) I, I thought it was a lot. I, Going from nothing and being able to actually keep the servers on by clients paying us to keep the servers on and things like that felt good. Um, And then, yeah, going from three multifamily properties to 25, hitting hitting that 25 property milestone was huge. What was 25 a year? uh, That was in 2016. Oh, wow. Okay. And then you're up at 150 today. Uh, 150 logos, uh, about 1400 properties. Yeah. Well, when this is, I want to make sure I get the verbiage right. So I, so when you say three to 25, are those clients, properties or units? Properties. Yep. So that, that 25 was across three or four enterprise clients. Got it. So you sort of went from one enterprise to four enterprises today, 150 enterprises. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then obviously you can have the units and properties against that as well, but, but just to be clear. The the three hundred and twenty five dollar price point you told me earlier that is per property, not unit or per enterprise. It's per property. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know it's yeah. a bit convoluted. Yeah, the the multifamily industry speaks in unit counts, and because we charge per property, we talk in property count, and so uh, a bit convoluted. Well, it's tricky to figure out what to price against, right? That's what I'm asking. Some people might have pri- did built the same business you built and priced against units. Others might do the same thing, but price against the enterprise. And you said, no, we're going to do it via property. Yep, exactly. Um, Which is yeah, strange I- because you have such a range. I mean, you mentioned you have people you're onboarding with f- only five units per property. They're still going to pay 325 when someone else has 500 units per property. That's the no, uh, so that was, uh, again, sorry for any confusion on this. So that was portfolio size. So five properties in a portfolio, but those properties still could be 150, 250 unit properties. Oh, I see. So if, if a property is under 100 units, we have custom pricing for them on a per unit basis. So that flat 325 per month is for 100 unit and larger buildings. I see, I see, I see. Okay, can I, so can I take 325 bucks a month times 1500 to back what you're doing, like almost half a million in MRR, something like that? Yeah, roughly. Obviously, we have varying price based on discounting per size portfolio and some upsells on different functionality and things like that. But yeah, we're we're right around that five million ARR mark. You feel like you can break the five hundred thousand dollars a month, like this year? You think that'd be a six million run rate? Absolutely. Yeah, we actually had bigger goals than that for this year. So uh, uh, 20, 2020 was quite the quite the year of growth. We grew grew over four hundred percent in twenty twenty, um, and we're we're not looking to repeat four hundred percent growth in twenty twenty one, but looking to really ride the tailwind and all the attention on virtual leasing as we settle in as an industry to what this new season looks like of digital plus physical and the combination of everything in between as markets are opening up, properties, leasing centers are opening up and all that. 
And so just to capture the 400% year-over-year growth from 2019 to 2020, what was the growth from 2020 to 2021? You're doing $400,000 a month today. What were you doing a year ago? So we actually hit 1 million ARR in January of 2020, um, which was a huge milestone for us. And then we ended the year at 4.5-ish, give or take. Holy cow. That, I mean, that's crazy growth in one year. What happened? COVID. Yeah. The the second leasing centers shut down uh, because of shelter in place and quarantine and all of that, they they had to turn to virtual leasing to keep business running. And they were using our, our platform offers, do-it-yourself pre-recorded video creation, live video tours and things like that. And so we were perfectly primed in position to allow these leasing teams to continue leasing and managing their properties without any physical in-person. Wow. Wow. 1 million 2019, 4.5 million out of 2020. Now today about five, five and a half million dollar run rate. What do you think you can finish the year at? The goal is eight. So um, we're, we're pushing hard. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got a good, good, uh, good trajectory for 2021 and feeling pretty bullish about where we're going as a team. We've more than, the crazy thing about it, Jan, January of 2020, we were a six-person team, and now we're a 35-person team. So How many engineers on the team? Uh, so when we add our engineers in, we were at four, and now we're at 15. 15 engineers out of the, out of the 35. So heavy, heavy tech. This isn't a this isn't a tech. This isn't someone that's not a tech company calling themselves a tech company. You actually do have there's some real tech there. Yeah. How, how many sales reps that carry a quota? Uh, so now we're at six. Um, I used to be one third of our sales team. So it feels good to have a sales team beyond myself. What did you set? This is always a tricky question for SaaS founders. What did you set the quota for your first sales hire that wasn't you, the founder? It was uh, so the her first quarter, we were very flexible on it. We set goals, but not necessarily a quota. Uh, we wanted to see what she could do. Um, stepping in, we transitioned some of our accounts over to her so that she could farm and work on growth of those enterprise accounts. Um, and then from there, we really based it off of realistic activity levels and what we think they could produce on a quarter over quarter basis. We so far, all the reps that have joined the company, we've handed them a book of existing enterprise clients to grow that business. And so we're trying to set them up for good quick win success, uh, getting their feet wet. And so um, we've really settled of a goal quota of around 180 properties per quarter, give or take. What does that mean in terms of new ARR per quarter per rep? Uh, Per rep. So if they're adding 180 properties, rough math, we could expect them to do about 600,000 ARR. A quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's aggressive. So you got you basically have a quota target of two point four million of new ARR per rep per year. It's that's aggressive. Great. If yeah, you can make but, it work, I mean, if you can make it work, that's great. I mean, typically the ratios you see there are something related. You know, it's about a million dollar quota target with a full OTE of two hundred grand or something like that. Right. Exactly. Or do it. You know. And, and this is the first year we're feeling it out. We're shooting for the moon. Um, and we definitely recognize there'll be some settling in with the new team and sales org. We brought on a, a heavy hitting industry leader, uh, Christy Pickert, to come on and lead the sales org. She's been in the multifamily space for 20 plus years and knows it inside and out. And so making a lot of shifts, a lot of changes as we settle into having a sales org and 
Um, it's one of those things, the, the land and expand, the, the farming and that growth for us um, has typically made up about 75 to 80% of our sales. So expansion, uh, expansion revenue is 80% year over year. Exactly. And, and so early, multiplying those early numbers obviously are, are easier, but 80% expansion is great. What's gross revenue churn? So very low. Um, thankfully, we're at less than 10% annual. Uh, That's great. So net, your, your net dollar retention has got to be like 150, 160 right now. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Hey, look, we're out of time, but I want to capture quick other quick questions here. Are you still building all this capital efficient on the just the last 1.1 raise, or did you raise more? So we did a $22 million round with Susquehanna Growth Equity uh, this past fall. We, okay. we didn't put a full $22 million on the cap table. We did some cap table cleanup, liquidity event, things like that for some of the prior investors, but big equity partner, and we're very excited about uh, what they mean for the business. How much of the $22 million was secondary? Uh, secondary meaning it didn't go on the balance sheet, it didn't go to operations. In other words, it was, it was early employees who get a little off the table. You could take some off the table, early investors took some off the table. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so out of the 22 million valuation, secondary was probably call it two thirds. Oh wait, sorry. The 22 million is the cash you raised or the valuation you raised at valuation. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. How much did you raise? Uh, about 16 out of 22. Oh, wow. You, well, you, you decided, I mean, you wait, why did you decide so early? I mean, you basically did a majority sale of the business. It was, it, it was a very interesting year to say the least. Um, without diving into too much confidential information, we had a lot of, a lot of strategics knocking on the door. We had a lot of M&A conversations going on. Um, and there was a lot of range of interest range, ranging from doing uh, a series A to minority growth equity, majority growth equity, and full strategic acquisition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, we went with the partner that gave us the most confidence in partnering with us to get where we believe the company can go. Yeah. So the 10 million of the 16 was basically secondary. You guys got some early cash out, which is great. Create a win, but a $22 million valuation for your growth rate, that's super low. I mean, uh, 1 million to 4 million in a 12 month period. And, and then you go raise at only a five acre, like some, I'm, I'm, I'm missing something here. The, that was actually the high end of the valuations that we were getting in the thick of it, obviously. So we, we did that round, we closed it in October of last year. Last year. And so we weren't at 4.5 yet at that point. Okay. And they were really basing it off of the growth indicators. And for a lot of underwriting of those deals, they need to see those historic trends of quarter over quarter growth. And we had two quarters of insane growth, but it was two quarters of momentum. And so there was that risk factor that uh, they were trying to take into consideration. And um, we definitely could have wrote it out, waited uh, another couple quarters for uh, additional proof points, but we we found a partner that we believe in with Susquehanna. Sometimes you make a lot of money by selling too early or selling a chunk of it too early. So there's nothing wrong with that, but the rationale is helpful. 
Guys, there you have it. Matt Wyrick built a real link after he had his own issues back in 2011 moving. It's a virtual tool that allows folks like brokerages, agencies, multifamily owners to give virtual leasing tours. They've grown crazy. Million bucks in 2019, run rate 4.5 end of last year, 5 million today. They sold uh, they sold 16 million. Well, they took in $16 million on a $22 million valuation in 2020. So big secondary chunk there. But now they're prime for growth with the partner they like. We'll see what happens next. Matt, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you so much, Nathan. Appreciate it.